0: Today on the show, I will answer some listener questions. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Please continue to do so by rating and reviewing it on iTunes and sharing it with a friend. If you know someone that you think would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. Help me get the word out. I rely on the generosity of you, the listener, to help support me with this podcast. Typically, I travel around giving workshops and here I am providing this content for you for free. So please make a donation. It could be the price of a yoga class or more, whatever you'd like. Just help support the podcast so that I can continue to bring you this content. I don't take any outside advertisements, and all I ask is that you make a donation. Go to the storyofmepodcast.com and on the contact page, there's a donate button, and donate what you feel you've gotten out of this podcast. And for those of you who have contributed, thank you for your contribution. Okay, now let's get to it. Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where my guests and I share personal stories from our life and explore the psychological insights that were learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you, as well as increase your understanding of your own psychological patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode, I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. For new listeners, my name is Amarjit Singh and I am your host. For old listeners, welcome back. It's good to have everyone again. I hope everyone is doing well. Today, I'd like to recommend a podcast to you other than mine. Of course, I recommend mine. But there is another podcast I highly recommend. It's called Unlimited Hangout with Whitney Webb. And there's one episode especially that I would like to recommend, the one that is COVID-19 and Central Bank Digital Slavery. Like I talked about, if you've listened to my episodes, that I talked about the psychological crisis that we're going through and where it's going to lead. and if you haven't already listened to it, I recommend going back to episode 46 of my podcast, where I interview Dr. Matthias Desmet, who is a professor at Ghent University focusing on group psychology, and he talked about the psychological crisis and mass formation, and what we're going through, and how we need to push back, and the the reason is that the corporations and governments are using this to their advantage to put you into a system, and I I've talked about this I think on one or two episodes before about the shock doctrine, and what is the shock doctrine? So back. And I believe they were doing this from the 1930s to the 1950s or somewhere around there. And what they used to do is they used to give people electrical shock therapy, trying to change aspects of their personality, uh, because the philosophy is once you give someone a, a big enough shock, their system is open to receive change, to be trained to change uh, patterns in their mind or to change their habits. And this is what they were doing. And this is what the governments have been using over, I don't know how long, there's a book on it by, I believe her name is Naomi Klein, called The Shock Doctrine. And she goes through many of the examples of when a natural catastrophe or even man-made catastrophe happened how the governments then took these ideas they had and were waiting to implement and implemented them then because the society or the culture or wherever this happened, the people were in shock or they were out of balance, out of the rhythm of their life, so they were willing to accept things that they probably wouldn't accept otherwise. And you see this with 9-11 All the surveillance that people accepted because of this false sense of safety. And it was used and still is being used against the citizens. Now, these governments are using COVID to implement some ideas they had to put people into a system to be able to monitor and control their behavior, almost like what Facebook does from your behavior on their website. And they're doing this through different ways. One is this idea of the vaccine passport. Whether you're for or against the vaccine passport, you have to recognize that it makes no sense to limit the ability of people going in a restaurant or in a museum or whatever it is, because people who are vaccinated can still catch COVID and spread it, the same as people who are unvaccinated. So then what is the point of the vaccine passport? It's not to save you, it's not for safety, but it's a precursor to a much deeper project that they're working on to put all of your identity, all of your information on a passport that you have, kind of like what they do in China with the social rating system. If you listen to that podcast I recommended, you'll see where they talk about this in more detail, and they know more about this than I do. My focus, of course, is just the psychology, but we see that because of this psychological crisis, this is where we're heading. And until people keep pushing back, it's one thing to be aware of this, but you have to push back to stop it. Otherwise, it's going to be too late. When it gets to a certain point, it'll be too late to stop this. And those are my <laughs> depressing words for now. All right, enough of that. So what I wanted to do today is to answer some listener questions. I got a, a question, actually, a few questions from one listener. And I'd like to go through them because I thought they were kind of interesting, a different perspective uh, to go through some of the information that I've already talked about on other episodes. So I'll refer to a couple other episodes that will help you get deeper into some of these topics. Okay, so this listener asked four questions, and they're they're quite related, so we'll be able to go back and forth between them. First, I'd like to give you the questions, and then we'll answer them individually and maybe holistically as well. The first one is, does it help to heal the wounds of the childhood? The next one is, should I work with younger parts of myself? And next is, what is your understanding of the inner system? And finally, how do you take care of your needs in order to let Yourself find peace and safety. So let's go back to the first question Does it help to heal the wounds of childhood? I think many people can relate with the experience of trauma as a child or trauma in some point in your life. It doesn't even really have to be about childhood, Uh, but really what she's asking about is trauma. Uh, Are the effects of trauma, or the experiences of trauma, how, or does it even help to acknowledge these, to understand these, or how to heal them, right? She's asking about healing them, and how do we heal something? We have to accept it, right? This is the first thing, is really accepting what has happened. Until you accept it, there's a lot of judgment, and it's hard not to have judgment with many of these experiences you had as a child because you're very impressionable, and you know, you're know you expecting the people in your life to take care of you because you're vulnerable as a child, and often these are the people who are inflicting the these wounds or creating this trauma. Knowingly and unknowingly, because you have to remember whether it's family members or just people that were around when you were a child, that they have their own wounds, they have their own experiences, right? Someone who is abusive to the people in their life didn't just happen to be this way, there was some experience that brought this on. And we can say, well, maybe they grew up in a family with abuse and this was their experience, and this is the pattern. The victim becomes the perpetrator, and this is very common. Right? We talk about sexual abuse, this happens, physical abuse, many types of abuse or trauma. It's because the person at one point was a victim and then became the perpetrator. And so how do we heal ourselves from these Childhood experiences, or even these experiences that happened as a young adult, or even as an adult, because often people have experiences as they're older, and these are very traumatic as well, if not just as traumatic as the experiences from the childhood. So, like I said, the first thing you really need to do is to accept. To try to remove all the judgment. And this is the most challenging part because we feel victimized because we are vulnerable and we counted on this person to help us or we counted on this person to take care of us. And in fact, they didn't. Again, you know, we have to understand the complete picture. I did an episode. I think it was episode 33, called Family Dynamics and Karma. Uh, If you haven't listened to this, I highly recommend it for this question because, you know, we often think that we're the victim, and I talked about something that was a little difficult to talk about in episode 33, about my own karma and my own family dynamics, and we often think that we are the victim. This is because our awareness and understanding is very limited. For most people, it's limited to just what happened in this life. And even many things that happened in this life, they're not really aware of the results or the patterns that developed because of this, or they're unconscious to the patterns that developed. And what I explained in episode 33 is I thought I was the victim, right, of some childhood trauma. And after deep meditation, one day I started to see a vision from a past life, an experience from a past life, which enlightened me to the fact that I was the perpetrator. And so, In this lifetime, I was dealing with karma that I had created before. And by seeing this, it helped me really understand karma a little better. And it helped me let go of this victim mentality and also some of this judgment towards the person. And then this also helped me to find compassion for my father, who I had this experience with and uh, And this is difficult it's it was a very difficult situation for me growing up and I carried a lot of habit patterns that were affecting my relationships that were affecting my uh capacity to do what I wanted in this life and not that it was went away instantly, or the habit patterns just went away, but it helped to create this awareness, which then made me understand these habit patterns and helped me let go of many things, right? Because it's about acceptance. So, it allowed me, it gave me the space for acceptance. And this is the first thing you have to do. And I understand that for many people, they won't be able to uh, they won't have this experience of being able to see a past life and how it's affecting their current life. This, you know, yeah, I saw a, a few different lives, but there's thousands and thousands of them and I haven't seen them. So I understand for many people, they don't have this experience. But so then, how do you deal with this trauma, these wounds of a child? The first thing is, you know, I know it may just be semantics, but I don't use this word wounds. I, I it just sounds I, I don't know, to me it just sounds kind of like this victim. And uh yeah, maybe trauma is a better word. It could also be perceived as victimization, but I try to get away from this idea that things happen to me. Because whether you're aware of it or not, as you can see from my example my karma, that it's a cycle, and it's a cycle that goes lifetime to lifetime, not just in this, this one that we're living now. And so even if you're not aware of the exact experience that happened to initiate or to put in motion this habit pattern that you're experiencing or the trauma that you've experienced, You can start to intellectually reason through it and say, okay, well, if this is happening to me now, what could possibly be the cause for this person doing this? And not saying that you have to then say you're the perpetrator because it doesn't really matter. You know, we look at these things as such heavy experiences and they seem like it because they weigh on our mind and they create our behavior and cause uh, corruption to the flow of consciousness, to our self-expression. But in the bigger scheme of things, they're nothing. Now, I'm not discounting your experience because I understand from my own experiences that they're very heavy, they feel very heavy. But when we look at this in the from the perspective of Your consciousness or your soul, this never changes. The soul never changes. You can light your body on fire. You can be tortured. And of course, it seems painful and it may feel painful. However, it doesn't affect you, it just affects the physical body. And this is not you. Remember, I've said this before anything that changes is not you. And this is the whole perspective of awareness, is try to focus on the things that don't change. Find that thing that doesn't change. Discount anything that changes. If something doesn't change, that means it's either imperfect or perfect, but it can't become what it's not. Right? The body changes, eventually it dies. Anything that changes dies. Even uh, the microphone I'm talking into, it's plastic or metal and eventually it disintegrates and is no more. But the true self keeps going. It doesn't die. And if it doesn't die, it means it doesn't change. And if it doesn't change, again, it means it's either perfect or imperfect, but it cannot become what it's not. And so we assume that it's perfect. And so then when we're talking about change, what are we talking about is just this perception. The perception of who we are, and then we act based on this perception. This is the only thing that changes. It's this attachment to all these ideas of who you think you are that are limiting your experience. And some of this are these traumas, and these traumas are heavy experiences that are continuing to limit your experience because you identify with them that they happened to you because of you. And so this is the big part, is they happened because something is wrong with you, right? This is what we think. Why did this person uh, treat me this way? They didn't like me. Something is wrong with me. And we grew up with this because, you know, as a child, we're just innocent and We feel, okay, they're doing this because I deserve it. And many people that are abused say this. Uh, My parents hit me, but it was only when I was bad that I deserved it, Or, or whatever the case may be. So you have to let go of these ideas that identify you with these experiences, that you are not the experience. Just like when it rains, your skin gets wet, your hair gets wet, the water doesn't become you. It eventually dries up and and you're dry. And the same thing with these emotional traumatic experiences, they don't become you. But if you identify with them, they do, because then they create this fence around your experience, and they they contain certain experiences that you're going to continue to have. If you think you're a victim, you're going to keep putting yourself in these situations that you will repeat being a victim. And you will then also have this fence hold out these experiences that you don't feel you deserve. Right? You think, I'm not enough, so I don't have these experiences. I can't see myself Being successful. I can't see myself being at peace. I can't see myself in a healthy relationship. And these are the stories that you tell yourself because of these traumatic events and you identify with them. You say, This is me. And you may not even do this consciously, but unconsciously. Something happens, it triggers it. And You continue the pattern. And this is another episode I did on what it means to be triggered. You can get into this. It's episode 40, where I talk about why you are triggered. And many people try to compartmentalize these experiences to try to put them in a little box, trying to think that they're going to be held away and not thought about and not affect other areas of your life. And this woman goes on to ask, should I work with these younger parts of myself? And this goes back to this you know, trauma from the childhood. Again, these events that happen when you're a child are more impactful or more, I guess you could say often they're more traumatic, but not not necessarily. And that's because we're more vulnerable at this age and we're more open. And you can remember how open you were when you were a child, and you would laugh, and you laugh so much that your your stomach started to hurt. And how often do you laugh that way now? And it's because you are so open that you just were in that moment, and when you're open and vulnerable like this, the experiences are more of a shock to your system. And, And not to mention, the karma that's attached to these experiences went over lifetimes with the family members or the people that are in your life, these are people that you have probably interacted with many, many lifetimes, so that relationship is much stronger. The same way, if someone that you know or someone that you know very well says something negative to you, it's more impactful than if some stranger says the same thing. Because we have more invested in this relationship, and the karma is the same. In fact, you know, I analyze people's hands, and one aspect of analyzing their hands is that the lines and the shape of the hand can change, but the fingerprints Never change. The fingerprints are created the 16th week in the mother's womb. And in yoga philosophy, this is when the soul enters the body. And they create this code. And this code tells me what the person's strongest qualities are and their weakest qualities. And it's really an indication of all their habit patterns. And again, these were created the 16th week in the mother's womb. This is before you met. Your parents in this lifetime. And these, I can tell these habit patterns that were created before you were born are an indication of your karma. And you pick this family because these patterns will start to manifest because of the karma that you have with them. And so you pick this situation, you pick this life situation, whether it's the family, the economics all these situations so that you can manifest this karma because this is what we do is we have something inside and we look for a way to project it to attach it to something external this is what's going on with all these people who are hypnotically believing the narrative of this covid is that they have so much anxiety that they're projecting it onto this and they see what the government is telling them as a way to help them. And it reminds me of of this story of these two boys who were twins, and they were separated at birth. They didn't know they were twins at the time, and one of them had to go to a psychologist or psychiatrist because they were obsessive-compulsive cleaning all the time. And The psychiatrist asked the boys, why do you think that you're so obsessed with being clean and cleaning everything around you? And he said, oh, I get it from my mother. She's this way. You know, she's always clean, and so I think I pick it up from her. And then, unknowing that they had a twin who had the same issue, the other twin, the other part of the twin went to a psychiatrist with the same issue. And they ask, well, why do you think you're like this? He said, oh, because my mother never cleans up, and if I don't do this, who's going to do it? And so what it kind of shows you is that we look for ways to project this internal experience our karma onto things, and we do this with people. We project our tra- trauma or we project Our psychology, what we feel about ourselves, we project it onto other people, knowingly or unknowingly. Most of the time, it's unconscious. And we do that because it is a way to take off the blame from ourselves, to take off the attention, to take away the attention from ourselves. But if you look at how you interact with people, it's a good way to see what you're thinking about yourself, because, again, this external experience is just a manifestation of the internal. So, going back to this question, the first thing is, I don't really look at myself in different parts. Of course, I remember my childhood, I remember my teenage years, but when we're talking about the trauma that you experience, I try to just look at it from the perspective of the habit patterns. Of course you want to understand why it happened. This is always what people want to know because they want to feel that they weren't responsible for it. That okay, it wasn't because I was a bad person, it wasn't. And this is a lot of uh, a lot of why people try to figure out why it happened. And and this helps to to let it go, but it's it's usually very difficult because one our memory is not so good, right? Even of this lifetime is not good. Let alone thousands of lifetimes ago, it's not going to remember all of them for most people. And also then the understanding of habit patterns of cause and effect, because this is all it is: cause and effect. One cause has an effect. And that effect causes something else. And that effect has another cause. And it just keeps going. And so what you really want to do is you want to understand the habit patterns. And you want to heal yourself, of course, from the traumatic events. But the first thing to do, like I said, is acceptance. And to have compassion for everyone who is involved because you don't know what they're experiencing, you know, what they're experiencing, what their experience was. Everyone wants to be a good person, but they have these identifications with themselves of who they think they are and what they need to do, and it's not as, you know, simple as saying this person is uh, a good person or this person is an evil person. And especially in today's society, this is what we want to do. We want to cancel anyone who is evil, who is bad, and we want to celebrate the good people. But people are much more complex than this. And if you try to relate to life this way, you're going to miss a lot of the nuance, a lot of the beauty in nature, in people because things are not as simple as as this. In fact, really, there is no evil. There's not good and evil, there's only understanding and ignorance. Because once you understand the karma that you're causing by acting in these particular behaviors, you can't do it. The ignorance comes when you don't understand this. You don't understand the effects of your behavior. Because once you understand that you're going to get this back in some way, you're not going to do it because you don't want to go through this experience. And this is kind of the precursor to compassion, also. And really, love for the self because why do you want to harm yourself? And the ignorance is thinking that you're not harming yourself when you harm someone else but you are the first victim of all your deeds and so it's only understanding and ignorance that exist and i think if you have this perspective you start to have compassion for people or or at least let go of some judgment a little easier Because once you deem someone as a bad person or an evil person, you start to take away their humanity. And I don't know anyone who is perfect. I've met people who are self-realized, and even they're not perfect. You can see Osho, the documentary on Osho, and definitely not perfect. but. Look at what he contributed. And the same thing in kundalini yoga, Yogi Bhajan, definitely not a perfect person, but he did contribute a lot, and we don't really understand his karma or the karma of the people who had these traumatic experiences with him. Not saying that you shouldn't try to stop people from doing this or prevent these situations, but you have to really understand the deeper meaning, what's really going on. And do this for yourself. And if you can do this for yourself, it becomes easier to do for other people, because then you're kind of creating the space of love for yourself. Because this is what happens with all this trauma, is that we then love ourselves less because we think less of ourselves. Even if you don't consciously think this, you start to believe that you deserved it. And you do this not just with this one situation, but then it carries over in other aspects of your life. For example, you may not put yourself in a position because you think, maybe I don't deserve this at some level because of my experience in life and my trauma, my childhood, or my you know this is how people are going to think about me and and you may not say this consciously, but unconsciously you're doing this through your behaviors you're apologizing for yourself when you shouldn't you're feeling that you're not enough, so you're trying to give more and you're for- you're Giving up your own needs and for the for other people because you think this is the way to make people feel good about you? Or you feel responsible for the people's emotions around you because you feel that you're the one who is causing them to not feel good. And these are all things that we acquire throughout life, but specifically from our childhood. Because the dynamics between the mother and the father, if they're both there really has a huge impact on how we deal with our emotions, how we deal with our personal power, because of the emotional connection we get from the mother. If we didn't connect with the mother well, we have to say, well, why didn't we connect? What was going on there? And look in your life now, how am I repeating this? You know, was she not available emotionally? Did she not give the space for me to express my emotions? Did she not think they were important? So now that I don't speak about them because I don't value them or I don't think people will want to hear them just like her. And so these are the things to look at to see these patterns. But again, these patterns began before you were born but it's important to acknowledge them now to see how you are dealing with them and how they're affecting your expression. And so her next part of this question was, what is my understanding of the inner system? And so this is why I bring up expression. Now again, we can talk about all these individual experiences But which one do we start with? I mean, there's many of them, right? You don't just have one traumatic experience in your life. You have many different experiences. And how do we relate to these experiences? So I take, personally, I take this holistic uh, approach. I try not to, again, look at this experience or that experience, because they're all related in some way for you because they're all this habit pattern, and what is the habit pattern preventing you from doing? What I like to do is like reverse engineering, to look at the way something should be and say, okay, well, what is preventing it from being this way? And this is always the way I look at things. And so, what is the purpose of life? And I think I've talked about this on A few different episodes, but we'll go through it briefly. When we look at nature, you know, often we think of ourselves as separate from nature, but we're not. We are part of nature. And we forget this sometimes because we're in our concrete buildings and we're on our metal trains and in our cars and walking on pavement and and not living in a forest or or a jungle, or some place in the mountains, but you are part of nature. The same way the trees are, the insects are, the monkeys are, you are part of nature. And so if we look at nature, for example, look at an apple tree. What is the purpose of an apple tree? Well, the purpose of an apple tree is to grow apples, right? How does it do this? How does it grow these apples? As long as it gets the right nutrients from the soil, the sun, it will grow apples. And so we can say that the expression of this ap- of this apple tree is to grow apples. And just like each thing in nature has its own expression, the apple tree with apples, we have our own expression. But the big difference between the rest of nature and us is that we can go against our true nature, our true expression. Right? An apple tree can't wake up one day and say, I don't feel like growing apples. I feel depressed. I want to just sleep. It can't do that. It can't go against its true nature. But you can, right? You can wake up one day and say, I don't feel good. I feel sad. I feel happy. I feel, and it affects your behavior. And so then we have to look at what is your expression? And what is corrupting this expression? And so this is what I like to focus on is that. There is a self-expression that you have, and then there's a corruption to the self-expression, and to find out what is holding it back. So first of all, we have to understand what is self-expression, right? It is this flow of consciousness. We can call it the soul, we can call it God, we can call it whatever you like, but it's the light that illuminates your life. Because as soon as this consciousness goes away, so does your perception of this life. And it's this consciousness which illuminates this life. And the expression of this consciousness is your purpose. Now we can get a little more specific and say, well, what is this consciousness? It's a creative consciousness, right? You are the creative manifestation of the Creator. You are creativity. And what does creativity do? It expresses something. What are you expressing? Right? So everyone has a unique perspective to their expression. And the closer you get to it, the more content with life you will be. Think about if you're having a disagreement with someone and you're trying to explain something to them, and you can't find the words to get them to understand. How frustrating is that? And how discontent do you feel when this is happening? Right? This is when people start getting angry, and they start raising their voice, and they start maybe even getting physically angry because they don't feel that they're being heard they're not being understood. And so what is the opposite of this where you have a conversation with someone and they understand what you're saying or you what you mean and you're connecting. We call it connecting, right? And this is very fulfilling. It leaves an impression of contentment, of satisfaction. This is the purpose of life is to find this expression for you where you feel content. This means finding a way to express yourself, to express this internal experience in some way that is complete. For example, I can draw a picture to try to represent some feeling I'm having, but when I'm done, I don't feel it really is complete because I feel there was more there. I just couldn't express it in my capacity to draw. But when I write or when I speak, I feel that there's no other way I could have expressed the idea that I had, and I feel content. And so it doesn't have to be anything specific. It's not what you do, it's how you do it. It's taking all these abilities you have to put together to express What you're experiencing in some way. It could be in how you clean your house. It could be in being a yoga teacher. It could be being a construction worker. It it could be a garbage man. It doesn't matter what you do. It's how you do it. And the example I'd like to give about this is when you make a, uh, let's say you make dinner for someone that you have a very good connection with, maybe even your family or a partner, and you say, I made this dinner with love. What does that mean, to make dinner with love? It means that when you made this dinner, you connected to how you felt about this person, how you feel about yourself, and you projected this into what you were doing. So, okay, I want the vegetables to look this way, I want the table to look this way, I want the flowers on the table that this color, and, and you did all this to represent how you feel. And so when you say you did this with love, what you're really saying is, uh, this is my creative expression, because creativity and love are the same. There's no difference, no separation from them. And so your expression is really the expression of love. And it's doing things with love. In fact, if you can do everything in your life with this love, your life becomes more enjoyable because then you're present, right? When you're making dinner with love, you're present, you're focused, and you're expressing yourself. So this is creativity and this is your self expression. So you can look in your life and say, at what points Is it difficult for me to express myself authentically? And when I say authentically, I mean without resistance, without this corruption to the flow of consciousness. And we can see this every day in our life. At what points throughout your day is it difficult to express love in the situation you're in, whether it's in the kindness you're talking to someone or whatever it is, because that's just a reflection of how you're talking to yourself or how you feel about this interaction or how you feel about this situation. And then you can go deeper and say, well, why do I feel this way? Why is it difficult for me to be kind in this moment, to share love with this person or this in this situation? and then you can relate it back to these habit patterns from your trauma and they're the they're the cause of this corruption to the flow of consciousness and you need to remove this resistance to express yourself better more completely it's just like if i'm giving a speech and When I'm giving this speech, maybe it's the most important speech in the world. But as I'm giving the speech, I'm using a lot of peripheral language. I'm saying, um, okay, you know what I mean? and, And this really clouds my message. But if I can remove this resistance and articulate the correct word at the right moment to the right degree, then my message is heard, is much clearer. And so this is what you have to do with your self-expression is look at all these things that are causing this resistance from it coming out and remove them. Even if you don't understand where they come from, because it's not necessarily important to understand where they come from, You can think of it as there's two ways to kill a weed in your garden. You can pull it out from the roots, and it won't grow back. And this is understanding where this trauma originated from. And this is difficult, though, because like I said, our understanding and memory is not very good. We stop at the childhood. We don't go back sometimes to the most of the times, to the previous lives and say, well, this happened in this life or that life. And so it's very difficult to really do this. We could see some habit patterns that arose from the trauma in this life, but we should understand that this trauma didn't just get created in this life usually. That's one way to kill the weed. But another way is just to smother it, not to give it the nutrients it needs to grow. And the same thing with your habit patterns. Don't react to the impulses that are continuing these habit patterns. Become aware of the habit patterns that are holding you back and stop identifying with them, meaning it's not necessary to continue the behavior to react to them and i talked about this in in many episodes one is episode 10 of how to heal yourself from habit patterns illness and disease but there's a couple others that you should go back and listen to for example uh which one was it who you think you are is wrong i believe that's episode 17 and 18 when you think you are when who you think you are is shattered and and these are this idea of letting go of this false identification, and not reacting to the impulses of the body and the mind to continue these behaviors that are causing you problems in, in expressing yourself completely. And going back to her final question was about finding peace. And what is peace but the capacity to be still? And when are you still? When you're not reacting to all the impulses. right? Freedom is not in movement, it's in stillness. When you're free from the impulses of the mind and the body, then you are truly free. And this is what you need to work on for peace. The more you can let go and accept and get closer to your authentic expression, the more peaceful you will be. Okay, so let's finish here. And I think there's a lot to think about. And again, I appreciate your questions. Please go to the thestoryofmepodcast.com. And on the contact page, there's a place to submit your questions. You can Actually, record them, and then I'll play the question on the podcast. It's nice to hear the person's voice because then we can get the emotion out of that person and understand a little deeper by the way they express themselves. But you can also just send me a message through the same uh, place on my website and uh, this is this works as well. Whatever you feel comfortable with, I want to hear from you to make this a more interactive experience and to help you along your journey. So try to become aware today of all the ways that you're having difficulty expressing love and try to acknowledge what is going on there, what around this experience is difficult for you. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They are handcrafted Native American style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 Hz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American-style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S I N G H F L U T E S.com. Use the discount code The Story of Me podcast and get 10% off. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed the program. And please submit your questions. I'd love to hear from you. Go to the story com and on the contact page you can record a question or type it in. And again, please support the podcast with a donation. Go to the story of me Podcast.com. And also on the contact page there's a donate button. Okay. until the next time from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions.